Hello everybody and welcome to the Billy Moore podcast and today's special guest is Sean Tuck. How are we Sean? I'm good, good mate, good Thanks. to meet you. Yeah, I'm a pleasure, thanks for coming on. Sean is an ex-professional footballer who went to prison for racial remarks or tweets or tweets, yeah. was it tweets? Yeah, on social media. So who did you play for? Um, well, I was a professional footballer for Accrington Stanley when I was 18. Um, Accrington Stanley, you were there, mate? Yeah, exactly. Um, no, that's a standard joke. Yeah. <laughs> Something that we heard when we were kids, about our milk. Anyway, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I signed a one-year pro with them when I was 18. And um, like I say, I loved my time there. And from there, I think I took a year or two out of football to go partying and stuff with my mates, which is stupid. But um, I'd come to the end of my contract and I knew there was a couple of clubs who wanted to sign me. And um, John Coleman said I was eager to arrange something. And I just said it's okay, like obviously um, I wanted to spend time with my mates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So growing up, uh, what was that like for you? Um, well, for the lads, I always wanted to be a footballer. It was obviously heartbreaking, but I've been through bigger things in life than that previous to that, and obviously in later life. Yeah, well, you ended up in prison, didn't you? So yeah. we will talk about that a little bit further on. Uh, and, you know, you had a promising career in football. Mm -hmm. But what I want to know, what was it like growing up? What was the contributing factors that led you to to feel so passionately the way you did mm -hmm. uh, regarding these these tweets? So just so the audience gets to know who you are and what you're about. And, you know, you're from Norris Green. It's a mm -hmm. place yeah. in Liverpool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what, what that was like growing up. Um, well, my upbringing was, was no different to anyone else's. Um, I was a, I'm the youngest of three kids. It was different as a man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, I'm the youngest of three kids. Um, I've got an older brother, Sammy, and an older sister, Julie. And I was, I was, I was raised well by, by good parents who were now both sadly deceased like. But um, I lost my mum when I was 15. And I think, I think then subconsciously, a little bit of anger started to creep into, obviously, into me as a person. Before that, I was, yeah, I was always outgoing as a lad. I was never nasty. Um, but obviously, through loss and um, grief and stuff, I started going down wrong paths. From mm. what I'd say, I'd probably say from up after I left Accrington Stanley when I was about 19, but little things were probably creeping in around, around the time my mum died when I was 15 years old. That's a young age, isn't it? So that's yeah, a, yeah. You know, I wouldn't can't imagine, I, I, like. you know, I couldn't imagine losing your mum or, or, a, or, a, or a parent at mm. an early age, especially, um, especially like, as as you go on in life and well it's it's well as 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 you said yourself it's it's a, it's a massive thing to go to I I wouldn't wish it on nobody I never had, I've got no words it's it's to describe how it feels to be fair you know it's it's quite tough so how did that affect you you know with apart from the younger um, well I don't, well my my dad was pretty tough well we we both parents were tough they were tough like characters um, and I always remember when my mum died I was in um, Obviously, I'd come home and everyone was in the house. Mm. I, the night before, she was in the hospital. And I come home and obviously unaware why there was hundreds of people in the house. Yeah. I'm thinking, this is strange. The house is chocker. Yeah. So I said to my dad, can we go and see my mum today? And he said, come here. So he had a word and he obviously told told me she'd passed away. And I always remember, right, obviously, going back to when I was saying, my dad was obviously a tough character. And this resonates with me today still. I cried my eyes out in the back garden, and he was obviously there was family about my dad's mates, my mum's mates, her family, and 
whoever else, like the local community within my house, and um, I was sobbing, and um, I was remembering my dad saying to me, um, stop crying. And um, at the time, like, this was the way my dad was, I mean, it was tough love. Yeah, but it's... And at the time, I probably felt like I needed like an arm around the shoulder, do you know what I mean? And telling me everything was going to be fine. And I was told. And I, I don't need... I resented my dad for this at the time. And I did for years after. Because I couldn't believe why he'd say it to me. I understandable, but, yeah. But now I look back and I think it was the right thing to say to me. I just... I just... I couldn't accept it then. When he told me to stop crying and all that, he said, stop crying, um, it's not going to bring your mum back. And I thought it was cruel, do you know what I mean? Mm. Because I'd been told five seconds previously that she'd passed away. And at 15, it was, it was, I was here like an armor blow. It's, even still today, like, I'm 35 now. Mm. I lost my mum when I was 15. So I've had longer without her. Two decades, yeah. Done with it. And it's, it's the little things like losing it and losing my dad was bad. But the, the, the worst thing I find now is it's because I'm, I'm a father myself. Yeah. And they never got to meet my kids. And my sister and brother both got two kids each. Yeah. And um, they both got to see their kids coming into the world, play a part in their life. And then I go into fatherhood and they're not there for me. And obviously, that ain't their fault, do you know what I mean? But it's the little things, do you know what I mean? To be able to go to the house and, and show my mum and dad off to my kids because yeah. I'm forever talking about my mum and dad to my kids and it's just blank for them because they, they've got nothing to cling to or yeah. attach themselves to. Yeah, I was thinking then when you said to me when you when you said to me about uh, your dad saying don't cry, I mean that was like a big thing back then for me, you know, you couldn't cry and yeah. you couldn't feel, you couldn't express any kind of emotion. Yeah. And I feel now today that's wrong. Now if you need to cry, yeah. you need to cry because that's healing. Yeah. You know, that's growth. Well you, you've got to go through that stage, that process. Yeah, yeah I agree with I'm a product of that. Yeah. Like I've grown up to be like like dead tough. And I've said things to like friends, family, do you know what I mean? It, when they've probably been down to like basically toughen up mm. because that's how I was taught. And don't get me wrong, I've got two kids of my own and I, I'm, I'm not like that with them, the way my dad was, was with me. I'm obviously more caring and stuff because I understand, but it's other things, do you know what I mean? Like when mates have been suffering or like they've lost jobs because of going out and partying and all that and I'm on vacation and all that. And I, I, I never look at like the mitigating circumstances of why they're doing these things and, and whatever else. I try and understand, but this is the way I've been raised. Like, it's, it's, there's always some behaviour, there's always something that contributes to the way, the way you behave or the outcomes that yeah, you, yeah. You, you bring about and the consequences that are there. There's always something that's in the back burner. Yeah. You know, obviously, like losing your mum is quite traumatic. You know, that motivates you though to carry on and play football. Yeah. Because that's <clears> something like, you know, it was a dream of yours, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you know, you, to be a, 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 an international football player. Well, to, to, to play football, do you know what I mean? Obviously, I've I done that for personal reasons, but it was always to go home and to tell my mum, like when I played for the Western kids team, that was a, like a local amateur side when I was from 12 to 16. Yeah. Every time I went home, like if we won a cup final and scored at i I'd be stating to tell my mum. Because I knew she'd be proud of me. Yeah. And the day I signed a professional contract, when I went home, she wasn't there for me to tell her. Yeah. And as you say, like, the, the circumstances around, yeah, behavioural patterns and whatever else. And I try, I try not to make mistakes. For, uh, I try not to make excuses for the mistakes I've made. Yeah. And I don't want to say, I've done this because I lost my mum and I lost my dad. Yeah. 
Well, because I, 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 to, to, to justify your behaviour yeah, because no, you've got choices and yeah, and, 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 and I'm big enough made, to know yeah. what's right and wrong, Bill. Do you know what I mean? I, I live and die by my actions, and I'd get I'd a lot of things up to. So, me. how long was you playing professional football for? For a season. For a season. One season, yeah, one year contract. I had, a, I think, I had an option of another year, but I, I, actually, I was, I just wanted to go and um, party and stuff with my mates when I was. I travelled everywhere. I was in all the squads. I'm, I must have made. I'd say five or six appearances. I played in the FA Cup and stuff. And when I was going to London on a Friday, travelling down with the squad, we'd train at like Chelsea's training ground, West Ham, other other grounds, and then we'd have pre-match meals. I I was living the life, and I was thinking this is everything I wanted to do. And then I'd wake up on a Saturday morning. I was room room sharing with a fella called Mike Flynn, and he was like he was a top pro, been around all the football league. All his life, played at Wembley, um, many promotions, and he was he was I think he was about thirty eight, and I was eighteen. Do you know what I mean? So I, he he was like reading books, and he <laughs> ringing his wife and kids, and I was probably wanting to run around the hotel to see if there's any women to try and get in the room. <laughs> Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But um, I think we made it was Saturday morning, and like they they be coming out to parties, saying I'll just wallop this woman or like this that and the other. And I used to think, wow. It's mad, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I wasn't doing that. And then the second, I knew I had the chance to do it. I took it, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, you, you just didn't pursue it any further. No, no well, uh, well I, I probably took a year and a half, two years out. But not, not from not playing. Do you feel it was because the party and, you know, that you were involved with started to see, have an impact on on your performance? If, I'd probably say yes. Or most physically most, most as of the, well as mentally. Yeah, yeah, obviously physically it will take its toll. But I felt like, felt like it never never ever affected me. No. Like I could go like when when I I'd went to Marine when I went back playing, that was obviously semi pro and stuff, but I could go partying. Yeah. Thursday night, cocaine, booze for two nights with no okay, and turn up on a Saturday and do the business. And lads who plays with would would like think, how'd you do that? And me, me, I'd forever clash with my dad. Obviously, my mum had passed away by then. I'd clash with my dad constantly. And he'd be saying, you know, why are you going out? Why are you doing this? Why? But I was one of them. I couldn't keep still. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't get me wrong. Like a cat on a hot sand when you're young, aren't you? Yeah, so, so when, when I'd always say that, I'd, I'd, when we were at training, I'd make sure I'd work as hard as anyone else. I was as dedicated as anyone mm. when I was at football. Yeah. But... I've got like an addictive personality, so uh, like out of out of football, I'd like to, I used to go over the road there to um, JJ's the pool hall, and I I used to like to you know going for a game of pool, but a game of pool would turn into like like two days on on the Charlie and, mm. and then booze and stuff. Do you know what I mean? And then back to people's houses, and then coming home Saturday morning to my knee full off my dad to get me kit bag, and then I, I'd go and scott. I I'd done it one time. I was off. I was off, I went out on the. I turned went Thursday night. I might went straight from training for the game of pool. Stayed on the Charlie on the booze, and I was out Thursday night all Friday, like I had net, still sitting in the same clothes with me mate, and and I went home about ten o'clock Saturday morning. I had to uh, meet me lift in the strand and on the screen for about twelve, mm. and I was like that. I once I knew it was time to go home. I'd question all my all my life choices. Yeah, I'd be thinking because the people who I was doing it with could then go to bed, or they were unemployed. Yeah, 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I was thinking, you're going, you're going to play in front of a crowd now. What are you doing? You're a fucking absolute ticket. And one time I'd done it, I, I think I scored a 13 minute after on the back of no sleep. And he, I'd fell out with my dad in the morning to the game and I said, well, don't fucking bother coming to watch me. Mm-hmm. I'd made with him and all that. I got my kit bag, fucked it off. And then he, one of my mates seen me walking through the stands with a bottle of champagne under my hand. Mm-hmm. Him under my hand and a match ball under the other where it's called Atta. And he just said to him, you're unreal. So I, the longer I got away with it, the more I'd done it. Yeah. I thought I was untouchable, I thought. I don't need to go to sleep to perform, do you know what I mean? It catches up, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm 35 now yeah. and still playing. And still playing it, now? Yeah, in my me, in me head, I think I'm 18 when I'm on the pitch. You'll give and the body's telling me, you're not 18 no more, Sean, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The wear and tear on, the injuries and all that, take it so, but it's, I never looked after myself when I was younger. And my dad always said to me, go to the gym. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I used to go to a gym not far from here, the muscle lab, and yeah. it, I, I do hit sessions and I loved it. Yeah. But back then, there was nothing like that. My dad wanted me to go to the gym to run on a treadmill, to lift weights, and I always found that, um, I found that boring. I couldn't think of it. I'd much rather go to the pub, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like I said, I say live and die by my choices, do with their own choices. And that's it, and you've made a few poor choices in your life yeah, by the sounds yeah. of things, and we spoke in Lent, and... I said to you, you know, I'm, I'll make a decision whether we get you on and, and you might get a bit of backlash from yeah. the audience. You yeah. said, you know, you're here not to justify your... Yeah. It's, so tell me, right, because you, you, hit, you, know, you, you hit the headlines and you were big in the headlines mm-hmm. for the racial remarks that mm-hmm. you, you made on Twitter. Yeah. Tell us about that and what happened and why. What was, this, what was behind it? I, it'd be hard to justify what was behind it. I, I was I was angry because of what have happened. Do you know what I mean? I was tell co- us, tell us what happened. I think it come home. I was coming home from work. Obviously, I, I'd said something different in court. I said I was drinking all day. And that was the time. Know what I mean? Yeah. The time justify my actions, which was sad, really. But I weren't prepared to stand behind that and say like I was sober and I meant everything I said. What was what age was you at this time? 20, I'd say twenty six. Twenty six, twenty seven. Was your dad still alive at the time? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. No, we did. No, we just started. He died a year you've before. You've lost your mother. You've lost your father. So, so the, the, the contributing factors was, if, if like say when I said about partying and stuff, yeah. my dad would be there to say, "What are you fucking doing?" Yeah. No one was there no more. Yeah. I, I, and like say, I've got an older brother and sister, and obviously I let them down. I let the family down. I let obviously people around me down. And but if they would get on my case, like my brother would would be disappointed in me. Mm. He'd look at me sad and go, "Like what?" And that killed me more than anything. But my sister was like a banshee. Yeah, you fucking cunt. And yeah. So I'd, I'd say, you're fucking talking to, do you know what I mean? And I'd be arguing back with her. Call her fucking all the slags and whatever, going, fuck off, you slagging. She'd be saying, you're a fucking twat. Because we were very similar, me and my sister. Yeah. Where my brother, my brother's, um, he's a bit more, what's the word I'm looking for? He's, he's laid back more, he observes, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't get involved where me and my sister would like cause... Real thing we, before the... Uh, yeah, we cause murder in empty yeah. house, me and her, yeah. like... I know my sister's the same. <laughs> yeah, so, what's, so what, what's 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 been going on then? What happened? So so I, don't, I was coming home from work and obviously it, the news had broken. It was all over like the news and whatever else. And so I'm scrolling through my timeline on what Facebook. What was all over the news? You need to tell us. Um, right, um, obviously a soldier had, had been um, acted to death in Woolwich. Lee Rigby. Yes, yeah. Lee Rigby, and obviously I, I wasn't aware at the time, but it was. But obviously we we all we all we all knew. What, 
who they were going to be, like the, the attackers of what it descent or whatever fate they followed. And uh, as I found throughout the day, I got I was getting angry and angry and I couldn't believe it. And I was writing things, saying um, and there's certain things that I do stand behind, and I don't mean like the racist stuff and stuff or storming mosques, and I don't stand behind that. It's it, I mean what I do stand behind is like them type of people, not Muslims in general, because I know there's a lot of a lot of good Muslims, hardworking Muslims who are here to better their life, and like anyone who wants to do that. No, I welcome with open arms. But these people who are coming to the country to um, to to cause havoc on you, me, and, and everyone else, they can. And it's only just happened recently as well. To yeah. be with us. We'll, uh, we'll go back to that. But anyway, I, I was I was enraged, like, and I was writing things, and and people were at like half egging me on, and that's not an excuse either. Do you know what I mean? But they're like, you know, going this way, lad. Do you know what I mean? What are you saying there? I'm with you and all that, do you know what I mean? So I'm thinking, yeah, it's right and all that. And it, as I watch a few of your podcasts and you always mention about ego. Mm. And, I, and I had people massage your mind, you know what I mean? I'd be going out to West Arby Village around the time it was happening. And I was all over so the you news. F- you feel like you were easily led? Yeah, but but then I also think that's a, a weak excuse. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I know right from wrong, Bill. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I was brought up good and proper. So I was, I was continuing what I was doing, knowing it was wrong. But writing these tweets... Yeah, but not giving a fuck, because yeah. the, what, what would be consequences? I'd lost my mum and dad, so um, if I was to go to jail, so be it. If, if I was to go out to a pub and it, it, it kick off, then so, so be just, it. So internally you felt then raised uh, and this was a justifiable reason for you to make these... Yeah. At, at the time, at yeah. the time, yeah. No, we, we spoke about this, and I said, I said uh, there'll be a few tough questions. Yeah, from no, that's, you know, that's because, fine. You know, you told me prior to coming on that that was not you behind no, those. No. Well, obviously, your, obviously, uh, it was. I, I obviously them. physically yeah. it was, but yeah. mentally, and in a state you was in, and, yeah. and you know, looking in eyesight, you wouldn't have done that. No, right? you're you're in a place, of, especially be parents with you. Yeah, they did. They did me. You felt like you've had you had no like guidance from your family yeah. or no support, and no people going look behave. Yeah, you're a loose cannon, so to mm. speak. Yeah, and you've reacted, mm. and you've come out with all these comments. It's which obviously put you in prison, mm-hmm. um, and as you're in the news, actually bigger than the royals at the time. Yeah, so yeah. what happened there? Well, like like say, I, I didn't realize that like the. the the, the the severity of what it's done. You didn't realise how <coughs> how severe these consequences. Yeah. So I just thought I'm writing things and everyone's commenting on it and whatever else. And, and how many comments was you getting? Thousands of retweets and yeah. So that's cool. so like with Facebook and whatever else. Like I'd have to add you. Yeah. To be your friend and but on on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Yeah. People just follow you. Do you know what I mean? So they could so. When the tweet started, I, I'd had, I wouldn't say a massive following, I'd say a big following. Mm. Obviously, to people from another screen, whatever else. Everyone who knows me over the city through football yeah. and whatever else. And then when the tweet started, I'd go off my Twitter for five minutes, go yeah. back on, and it'd say, you've got 125 more followers. Go back off, come back on, you had 300 more followers. Um, my notifications were saying you've had... 500 retweets on, on this one tweet alone. Yeah. So, obviously, not knowing how it worked, if 
say you got 20,000 followers and I write something on Twitter and you retweet it, 20,000 your followers see that. Yes. And then they might retweet it and they could have 5,000 followers. And then before you know it, it's it's gone round the world. It's viral. Yeah. It, it was it was on the news and um, is it Al Jazeera? Mm. That's like a massive news station, whatever whatever that is. Yes. And I was playing for Whitney Albion at the time, and their their manager was a top copper, Cheshire Police, um, Brian Pritchard, and he rung me, and he he said, eh, "Whatever you do, Sean, stop doing what you're doing, and delete everything you've done." And I was that arrogant. I said, "I said I'm not I'm not deleting it." This is your manager. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a copper. Yeah. So I said, I'm, I'm like I said, I was that ignorant and arrogant. I said, I'm I'm not um, I'm not deleting them. Mm. I said, I said, I'm fucking stand behind this. I said, mm. I'm, I said, you I'm, believed in what you wrote. Yeah, at the time, yeah, and I, I knew subconsciously, I knew, I knew I'd gone over the top on some of them, mm. but I was that angry. I thought, no, why should I fucking delete it? And um, he, he, within a couple of phone calls, he said to me, "Mercy, sir, police are looking for you." And then he said, um, if I was your bad hand yourself in, and again I said no. I said if they want me, I, I think we were, I was I was I was at the house at the time. Yeah. And he, he said to me, I'd, I'd advise yourself to hand yourself in. And I was like, no. I said if they want me, they can come and get come and do what they're paid to do. They can mm. come and get me. So I went out that night <coughs> and I was in West Derby Village. And like I say, I was around the bend and um, I I looked at my phone. I was in a mate of mine, Anthony Johnson, and I said, I've had about 20 missed calls, yeah, of my sister and my brother. I said, that, that's unusual. Why are they ringing me that, that many times? Not like, mm. you know, one phone call. There's red flags going there. I was living there, with me. my brother at the time. Yeah. My, brother, my brother's uh, Mrs. Lynn and uh, my nephew and niece. And um, the police, a couple of police fans had gone to their house <coughs> to get me. And I was out dancing in uh, the years, I think it was, in West Harvey Village. And I thought, shit, I, I thought, I couldn't enjoy the rest of my night. They, they told me to come home right away, the police are here. And again, being a dickhead, I said, no, do you want me? I'm on the dance floor in the years. So one thing led to another and all that, and then I was paranoid then. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, got, I got a taxi from the now to West Harvey to the St. Anthony Police Station. And he handed myself in, and he just said, you're not in the system, go home. So I said, you have just gone to kick my door down. I said, I, um, I said, obviously, you are looking at me. He said, well, just go on. You'll get a knock in the morning. Yeah. And then in the morning, I had um, fellas in suits at my door, like. CID. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was serious. Then he, I opened the door and one of them said, are you sure and so? I said, yeah. I went to put my hand out to shake her. And he said, I'm not shaking your hand. You're the scumbag. You said that he did? Yeah. yeah. So I said, I'm no fucking scumbag. I said, the scumbags, the, the lads who were standing in the shops 24 hours a day causing misery to our people walking past who were scared to go and get the local shop, do you know what I mean? Mm. And the smoking weeds and the riding, like, motorbikes. And I said, I've worked all my life. Yeah. I said, I've had a couple of skirmishes. Like, I, I was arrested for possession of cocaine. But I, I was never a scumbag. I've worked all my life. Even when I come out of school and I was 16, my dad, my dad So how did that make you feel when you've got a... A police officer standing at your door, calling you a scumbag. I know you. you well, that made me worse. That made me angrier. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I, I was never a scumbag. Do you know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't accept that. Hmm. I'd made a mistake, and that was the, that was the, the main thing. Was I made a mistake, and I was yeah. punished, and rightly so. 
so you felt you, you felt like you know the anger was boiling up to a point where did you clash it as freedom of speech? Yeah, at the time, yeah. Because I thought, time. well, I should be entitled to my views, but my views were extreme. Yeah, I, I, I think views like that. There's no place for them in society. And with these, with these views, with these views uh, documented in the papers, what you said or on the news. Um, I'm not, it was all online, like on. Yes, no, one created a website and everything for me, and I had all my tweets on there, but. I think people are just. I don't, I don't know if if it was in like the papers. I think in in the papers it said the football had called for um, mosques to be gassed and bombed out. So there was there was snippets of what had put. Yeah, so that's what you'd said. Yeah, that's that, that you'd said. You felt that they should be gassed and bombed out. Yeah. Um, no, it was down to all the angers. Yeah, I, 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 on one of my tweets, like, and I'll. I'll, I'll go ahead and say this, like, don't you? I said I was going to go ahead and cut Muslim kids up. Like I saw a machete, I think it was. Now, I've got two kids in my own build, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'd never lay a finger. I wouldn't lay a finger on anyone, an yeah. adult. There's had to be a reason for me to do that. Yeah. If, if someone, like, threw a punch or something, I'll always defend myself. But I'd never, like, go out and start, start a well, fight. You can understand, can't you, Sean, the feelings that the public are going to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Feel like even like you're saying it now, I'm like, wow, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's powerful, yeah. Like, no, yeah, saying things about kids and yeah. wanting to cut them up, and yeah, you know, I you, you couldn't even imagine what headspace you're in to be writing that stuff down, um, and putting it out there for the I, I for, felt for an audience, yeah, I felt the worse the worse I went. The, the better they become if you know and I don't mean the better in a, in a, like in like a good way I, I meant like you know like like in a bravado way in an ego way people would look at me as like a more of a nastier person and I, which is sort of bollocks really, do you know what I mean because I'm, I'm not the, well I'm not them person would you class yourself as like a patriot a British patriot or do you feel like you can't celebrate your own flag without being judged or well put it this way I, I, I love this country I, I, I don't like the royal family. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not, they're, not the, I, they're not the most popular. I, I'm not one of them who like um, who loves the Queen or not like that. I, I, I don't like none of that. But I, I'm proud of who I am and where I'm from and and of our heritage and stuff. And the one thing that gets under my skin, if, if people want to come to me for a better life, then it's to their own, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's when people are coming here, Bill. Johnny you know I and kids, so it's, it's, kids it's, are dying in concerts and, and stuff. I, I, I understand, well, it's, it's, it's fucking not on. It's not on when you've got uh, extremists turning up. Yeah. With bombs strapped to themselves. Mm. Blowing up families and kids and terrorising communities mm. and having people living in fear. That is fucking yeah. bang on. Right. Um, I, I get it. And I get the outrage. And it's going to be quite ambivalent with people mm. hot and cold how they feel towards that. Now, I've never been against any any kind of, like, um, say racism. We'll, yeah, it, we'll, yeah. just, we'll just broaden the, the horizons. I, I believe, you know, I've lived all around the world and with different cultures. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've actually changed my name to Yusuf Muhammad and I'd be, I've yeah. sh- sat with Muslims uh, for over a year in a cell yeah. and read the Quran. And I questioned them because I had the same kind of mindset... As everybody else, backpacks, people getting blown up. 
they're not to be trusted. And I sat with these these Muslims who I shared a cell with and asked questions. And yeah. I said, well, what's this all about? And why just do this? And they were looking at me like I was, like they were baffled and they said, look, we, as Islam, it's a faithful. It's 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 peace. It means peace. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. You've got extremists in every <coughs> walk of life. Yeah. You know we have in, in, in you know whether with Catholics. Yeah. You know religion is 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 a war on its own. Yeah. And it's it's fucking really it's really, a, but I felt these were like the most beautiful people you could ever be with and yeah. around. So I, I but prior to that my judgments and my opinions were like of what I'd read in the papers or what mm-hmm. I'd heard from other people. I had to physically sit down and speak to them. And you told me something on the phone, which was quite warm um, and moving about your doctor. Yeah, well, um, when I played for Witten Albion, the club doctor, he, he like he sadly passed away now. His, his name was VJ Antwal, and he, he was a Muslim. And um, when I got like obviously when I done what I done, arrested, jailed, and whatever else. In jail, he was on my mind. I was thinking because. Well, obviously he's passed away now, but mm. he was one of the nicest men you could meet, mm. and he, he was nothing but nice to me. And I thought, how am I, how am I going to face him now? What am I, how am I even going to look him in the eye after what I've done? And when I went back to club, I was paranoid, I was panic, panicking over everything. And um, I, I, off my own back, I said, I said to him, um, the manager, because we had about three or four black players too in the squad, and it was nothing to do with anything about black people. My problem was with like. Muslims and Muslim extremists at the time, but I said to the manager, "Could could you round everyone up and get them round the table like this?" And he was like, "What for?" I said, "Like, I want to say sorry to some person, and I, I want to be like you know genuine." Mm. And he said, "He said, are you sure about this?" He said, "No, because you're under no pressure to do this. You know, if you want to do this, this stuff, you know, I'm back, and some might accept your apology." I said, "Well, I'm willing to ride it out like and see where it goes." If people don't accept my apology, that's fine. Because I've started to apologise since I've come out of jail and obviously some people will never have it. Some people will. Did you have a tough time when you went away? No. No. In, and I don't want that to come across like, no, I was a big man. Do you know what I mean? I know you spent time in jail. No, I mean, what I'm and saying, I know you, you could back it up like. How did you feel like being portrayed in the public eye as, oh, as a racist? That, that, that's on me, because I've got family who are black. Yeah. Yeah. I've got family with different colour skin so you, to you me. Put, you're portrayed in the paper as a racist, yeah. right? You're, you're going to a prison and you're going to face people yeah. from different races. Well, I Did that, what was going through your mind well, at the I, time? I, I, was, I wouldn't say I was scared, I was concerned. I've never been to jail before. Mm. I've been to visit family in jail and um, derived from the court in their sweatbox to, to Walton. I just found funny. In 2013? Yeah, I, I was just laughing, thinking, <coughs> I, I can't, not laughing in, in like a, in an arrogant way, more in disbelief that I found myself in this situation. I thought, you're actually going to jail now, Sean. Time to quit the big man act, do you know what I mean? Because there's going to be people in there who, mm. are, who are actually the big man. And if you try it on with them, you know, you, you'll be fucking, you'll be bread and water to them. Mm. So going in there and all that and I landed in A-wing, that was an induction wing. Yeah. I was there for two nights. First night I was on my own, and then second night someone come in, and I had chair with them, and they were okay, and then I got me to F-wing then. Got my bag over my shoulder with my belongings, and um, 
come in, they walk in the door, go on stuff, the first person I seen was Stephen French, the mm. devil. Mm. <laughs> Frenchy. And I thought, here we go. And was he at your door? No. He, he, he was, um, he, I think he was on the fives. I, I, I got put on the threes and I thought to myself, because oh. he obviously, I know a lot of people say a lot of things about him, but he, when you first lay eyes on him, he's, he looks a menacing man, mm. a bit like yourself, but um, he was about six foot five. And I thought, what, what, am, I, what am I actually going to say? If, if he knows why I'm in here, am I going to fucking cars here? Or am I going to just fucking front it? I say, this, this is why I'm here. And yeah. if, if he gives me a smack, then so be it. But um, I actually, to get to speak to him as well once, mm. but, um, we, we were doing um, like education in there. So obviously people were obviously doing a longer sentence. We're working in the canteen and whatever else. I got asked if I wanted to do English and maths. Yeah. And I thought thought I'll do it to pass the time. Like so um he he was in the next next classroom to me and I come out for the best. And he's come out and I thought, Oh no. And he he said, How are we lad? I said, I'm sorry, mate, how are you? And he's like, Oh he said, um, and he glanced into that our, our class we had a teacher called Patience. And she was she was half decent, like do you know what I mean? All the lads were hitting on her. So mm. um he was saying, Oh fucking hell. She, she's all right, isn't she? And all that. I said, I said not half said all the lads are beasting off her in there, like and that was the only conversation I had with him, but going in there was a bit of an eye opener. Mm. And um but but because of past experiences, like loading my mum down in the coffin when I was fifteen, seeing my dad take his last breath. I felt like I was ready for everything that life. There's nothing. There's nothing that can bring so me to my knees anymore. Your mum, what age was she when she passed away? Cause she was forty-nine. She was only young, yeah. Forty-nine. And, and your dad? Think my dad. My dad might have been. Might have been fifty, fifty-five, or something, yeah, fifty-six, so or something like that. You've lost them both early at yeah. an early age, haven't yeah. you? Now you find yourself in, in carcerated in HMP Walton. Yeah. She's a shit old. Yeah. Right. And I wouldn't suggest going to jail to anyone because, you know, no matter what, it's it's not a good place to be in. Mm. You know, and you're coming across different characters in there. Yeah. And you're reflecting over. Now, this is something that is important because I think if you go to jail and you're willing to change, you'll sit there in your shell because there's no one in there with you but you, yeah. right? And you'll reflect on your behaviour and you'll ask yourself a few tough questions yeah. about... Where do you want to change? Yeah. Now, for me, I was really young when I went away, um, and I didn't even think about questions, didn't mm. even think about consequences. But the older I got, and like you said, the older I got, and the more mature I became, I started to really think about my future yeah. and what what I was going to provide my community or how beneficial I could be instead of being a drain on society. Yeah. And a degradation, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and people like just because my mum, I'm, I'm not Mother Teresa. I was, my mum lived in shame and embarrassments, and yeah. I, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of doors closed on me. But I reflected when I was away, and I thought about what I did, you know, on a, a few occasions, and I was willing to change. So, did you ever sit in your shell and go, you know what? Why did I say that about these kids? Why did I say about this about these mosques? And make it personal to a minority yeah I still say it to myself today yeah eight years later I'm still searching like for forgiveness from people do you know what I mean it's like when I would sign for footy managers would ring me and say like we definitely want to get you in or we give you X amount of money and then he'd come back to me and say like 
we can't do it to turn my morning lily because of the trouble it might bring and the backlash. So you ruins your career or any chance of a career? Yeah, as, as, as good as, as <coughs> to progress into it to like a next level, yeah. The Premiership stuff. Yeah, well, obviously all the football league and that. But um, just before I went to jail, I almost ended up back in the football league, Ackleton League 2. Mm. I just scored 33 league goals for Skem. I got voted best player in, in, in the whole league by all the other managers. Mm. And um, they come in for me. And I'd have been a professional again. And um, the deal didn't happen because I think Skem wanted £10,000 up front and Ackleton couldn't pay it. So... And the worst thing about us, I was here trying to go dragging on to all. My dad had died, and I, I continued playing for Skem. They told me you need to take time off, grieve, be with your family. And I said, no. I said, taking time off doesn't bring my dad back. And that goes back to when my mum died, when he told me, stop crying. Yeah. And I felt like if I'd have took time off, my dad, no, obviously he's died. He'd have been looking down at me, calling me all the quilts mm. under the sun. So you don't feel like as Like I was weak. Yeah, like so. Why aren't you on to footy? And this is something that needs to be addressed because you're not weak, right? If you no. to feel vulnerable and, and feel grief yeah. and process that, yeah. it's a part of life. It's yeah. a part of life cycle. Mm. You know, it's it's. I've lost my dad and, and I've grieved. It's yeah. been painful. Yeah. Some people can put a plaster on a disaster and just avoid any any feelings in that area. But it will creep up and it I've will get you. I've done that for so long, mate. You know, and I'm like, you know, I've, I've really, I've, I've been, and, and there's people on this podcast who, you can, you'll see the same. There's been times when I've wanted to write things and I've actually started to write things, whether it's being an expert or I've wrote a status because yeah. of the way I felt at yeah. that time. And I'm writing something. And as I'm writing it, I'm deleting it as well. Yeah. Right, yeah. I'm writing it. Many times it. I've done the I'm writing it, I'm deleting it. And then, you know, the other time I've sent something and I thought, oh, why did I do it? I don't want to pull it out the air. No, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Right. But it's the, what's what's got you is you've done it, you've posted it, and the arrogance. And how did the court see that? You know, the, uh, I always remember when I was in court and uh, the judge, I think her name was Miriam Shelby. Was this in the Crown? Um, the magistrates. Yeah. Um, and what was your charges? Um, Menacing messages, threats to kill, endanger life. Um, there's a few others. There's a few others that did I don't know. And um, every time I spoke in court, <clears throat> this judge just rolled her eyes at me, and it, didn't, it fucking it got right under my skin, like a bit of a snooty twat. Yeah. But I was there for the reason. You know what I mean? I didn't expect her to look at me with any sort of respect. I think that was like I was a genuine nice person. Cause she just met me and only heard things about me. Yeah. But it was it was it was it was an horrible time. It's, um, and like I say, when I was saying, when when it it is nearly San Fernando again, the deal fell through because Skem wouldn't allow me to go. And when they t- told me to take time out from football, mm. I continued to play because I felt getting them in the playoffs was more important than grieving. Mm. My dad went to hospital on the Thursday and we were told as a family he'll be dead by Monday. I played on the Saturday, scored in a one-all draw. He died on, on the Monday. I played on the Tuesday, scored at Attach in a, in, a, in a 4-1 win. And lads were looking... I, I could tell lads were looking at me football. Couldn't believe why, that I was there. But this this was the character I'd created through my dad. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like if, I, if I'd have sat in the house, 
the voices would have been running through my head when he told me to stop crying, your mum your mum won't be coming back, no matter how much you can. I'd have had the voice in my head off my dad saying, um, why haven't you gone to footy? I'm not coming back. Do you know what I mean? That's fucking weak. You should have been there for your teammates. You've let your team down. So, so I bottled everything up and went to footy and then at the end of the season, when it was my chance to go back as a professional footballer in the football league this time, Skem, Skem, shut the door on my face. Did he? Yeah. Do you, believe, do you believe you were conditioned to and brought up in an environment which was like racist? Because we do hear it in our areas, like growing up for myself as well, you know. I've, I've heard things as a I kid. lived in a white area. Yeah. Then we moved to the South End and I found it quite difficult because I felt like a minority. Yeah. Now we understand why uh, I felt that way because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end. Yeah. Um, so did you ever like... Was you in a shot of all this in the house? Was I've, it, heard, I've heard things when I was a kid, yeah. So when you're a kid, you're growing up. So all this is is playing yeah, a, a role and, in your and life. And again, this is not an excuse because yeah. I knew life from long. But as they say, when you're born, you know nothing. Yeah. Everything's taught. So I've heard things when I was a kid. And things were different back then, do you know what I mean? It wasn't seen as big racism, do you know what I mean? Like, obviously I was born in 86, yeah. But obviously, stories you hear from like the seventies, like early seventies or sixties, early seventies, eighties, like a, a lot of a lot of working class white parents, w- w- no, would say things that would. Oh yeah, that's definitely yeah. It's Do you know what I mean? Like, like you're yeah, black, you're, you're, you're black like, this, you're black that, yeah. and I I I I remember hearing stuff when I was a kid. I grew up with a lot of racist comedians on the TV yeah. and. But it, what and I say like say, I've seen like say you say Chubby Brown and all that he, he was a racist comedian and I I loved him when he was young because I, I I never t- I never took anything. I'd say the thought he was funny. Personal, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't see people it. get offended now easily. So like if someone says something like someone will pipe up and say you know that's wrong that but oh, don't get me wrong racism. Full stop is wrong. No, but, I, I agree. Racism should but be. But things sta- can be said in jest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like casual racism. Like if I was black and someone made it like a quip of something like that, knowing the way I am, it wouldn't offend me. Not nothing ever offends me, mm. unless it was about my mum and dad mm. or my kids. You can say whatever you want about me. Now when I've been in football, I've been called you smackers, you scouse cunt, you house robbing this. I've never robbed a house in my life, do you know? Because it's stereotypical of being a scouser, isn't it? So when I was playing against teams in Manchester, I I got the eyes of abuse and, and I loved it. I thrived on it, and I always thought that 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 made me go up a gear. Do you know what I mean? Mm. When I was on the pitch, I think like I'll, I'll fucking show you. And um, I, I've I've been racially abused too on a on a football pitch by a black lad I played against, mm. and I just laughed. He, I think he called me a white cunt or something like that. Horrible white cunt. I said I said that's fine. I said I'm white and I'm a cunt. And I'm mm. proud of who I am. But if if you if you put the shoe on your other foot, and I just said it back to him. To be an all, all totally different thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you're free to say whatever you want to me. The only time I've ever reacted is when I, when I was up with Albion to come out of jail and they'd warn me, no more trouble. And I yeah. promised them and give them my word, I'd never get in trouble again. No social media, no nothing. And so, someone said, sent me brother a tweet. It was an FC United fan of two coffins. And uh, tweeted, tweeted to my brother saying, hey, Ask your Sean. I was mum and dad's, and my brother sent me, and uh, I'd promised with an Albion I was never going to get in trouble again. Mm. I was straight on Twitter, 
I got his Twitter handle, found out who he was, and I fired into him. I said, So he hooked you? He threw, you yeah. And you threw all that energy back? Yeah. So this now I look back now, right, Bill? Yeah. I wish I could have just laughed at that. Yeah. But that was too personal for me. That was. That that across the line, like I crossed the line. Listen, listen. Saying about Muslim kids and this, that, and the other. I cro- that across the line for me. Yeah. Wait, as you say, message me or my family, call me a cunt. That's fine. Yeah. So I messaged him saying, but you send did, me his address. You, you, but you did yourself. You've crossed that line yeah. as well, haven't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. You've crossed that line, which is like, it, it's it's all about making amends now, right? Yeah. So what going forward have you been doing to make amends for your actions back well, then? Well, I'd, I'd done all the courses that you'd have to do, promoting human dignity, diversity courses. Yeah, um, this is good, yeah. I've coached black kids, and I took sessions with black kids, and I, I felt like, not not that I, that was forced upon me, because I'd, I'd coach black kids anyway, mm. but I, I always felt like that was, um, oh, oh, look at me, do you know what I mean? I'm not racist, I, look, I'm coaching black kids, do you know what I mean? But I, I don't, because I, I know that's, that's a get-out clause, and I've got yeah. black mates. Yeah. When people say, well, I've got, got a black friend. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter whether you've got a black friend I, I or a white friend. I felt uneasy doing that. Yeah. Because I, I'm involved with a kid's football team. Well, I was recently. Yeah. yeah. With me mate, Peter McKnight. So I love coaching kids because I, I, I was once their age and I looked up to coaches and I hung on everywhere they said. So when I was coaching the, the black kids, it just, I just felt, I, I, I felt uneasy. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? I just felt like I didn't deserve to be around them. Do you know what I mean? I felt like if they did really knew who I was, they wouldn't have liked me as a person. So I was never comfortable with myself. So that affects you, yeah. your self-esteem and your confidence in yeah. delivering Cause coaching I, I, sessions. I was looking at them and they, they were just innocent kids. Yeah. And I was thinking that, and I've said things, you know what I mean, which would well, ins- like basically insult them. Do you, do you regret like what you shared? Everything. Yeah. Everything, yeah. And you know, you, you, you feel it's important for you to to share with people out there that, you know, no matter how you feel, regardless of yeah. what's going on, right, it's not about an individual and then, it, well, it is an individual, but it's not a, it's, it's not to, to broaden it and mm-hmm. blame everybody else because basically that's what happens, isn't it? It's like, it's like, like you said before, scousers are stereotyped. Yeah. They are, and they have been, and it's been well documented. Scouse, everyone's the same, mm-hmm. yeah? Muslim, everyone's the same. Yeah. But they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're not. not. No. They're totally not. Some lovely people out there. I, I've, I've, I've played with a couple of Muslim yeah. footballers. As, especially, you know, it's, it's... it's. I think what we need to do go forward, right, is about teaching our kids... Yeah. ...the diversity. Yeah, well, like I say, as you know, I've got two kids of my own now, and obviously all my past mistakes... I didn't consider it at the time, which you wouldn't anyway. You, didn't you never have had kids. kids at the time, did you? So I one thing, but what will this hold in 20 years? It, when I've got kids, that's the last thing on my mind. But now I've got kids and all that, and I date I, I my past to scupper their future. Whether it be signing for the football team, when they say, when they say oh, who's your dad, Sean? And they say, yeah, that's my dad. Mm. And they say, well, look, we, 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 couldn't, we couldn't have you here because of your dad's views. They're not my views. I said them at the time, but if, if this was to um, obviously derail um, my kids' future and yeah. stuff and the path they're, they're going to see, I'd never forgive myself for that. And I, like, as, I, as I've said, I've been searching for forgiveness since since I've done it. And some people have, some people will, will, will never forgive me, that's fine. 
and I have to carry that with me. I, I created the narrative. I I, I um, put myself I, out I, there. I, look, I believe we all change, mate, and I believe yeah. we all get a, we all deserve a chance. Yeah, we do. We do. We all deserve a chance, Sean. There's no one. If you if you one hundred percent feel it in your heart and you're sincere. You know, you've asked me, I want to come on and I want to put the record straight. Yeah. I've got kids, I never had kids at the time. I wasn't thinking, I was quite young, I was quite angry in my approach yeah. to delivering these posts and stasis yeah. all, all over Twitter. I've said things that I didn't mean. And in hindsight, you know, it's wrecked me life. Yeah, it has, yeah. It's wrecked me it's life. True. And this is the story you were telling me, and I thought, you know what, okay, um, let's get you on and let you. So I'm asking you these questions, yeah. you know. Yeah. I don't see anyone different from the next person. Yeah. Exactly how it is. I've been around different cultures and I've experienced a lot of different um, people. So it doesn't... It, it doesn't it, it, I'm not yeah. asked. You know yeah. what I mean? At the time, I, I felt like it made me look hard and menacing. And now it did you feel inadequate as a man and insecure growing up? Did you feel... like? You needed to, to put yourself on a pedestal so, so people go, well, look, what a guy. Um, no, come on, let's it. Like, thinking what, about it, I'll be honest with you, Bill, I, I don't think so. No. I, I was always popular with mates, so no. if we went in the pub, I was always the one who'd But do you wasn't like sure to the... I was always the one who'd do something to make people laugh. Yeah. I was always popular, do you know what I mean? I was always the, like the most outgoing one. Yeah. So I, I never felt like like I was like a loner or nothing like that. And um, But at the time when I'd done that, like, obviously, lads who, who I wouldn't know from Adam, I'd bump into them in West Ivy Village and I could see them looking at me. And I'd be thinking to myself, where are we going? And they come over and say, are you the lads who done them tweets? Um, the other week? I'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, can I get a picture with you and all? i send it to one of my mates. We were talking about you today. And I'd be in pubs like that, getting pictures with lads who I didn't know. Mm. So I was like, you felt all that self-importance? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like people were going, oh, you're a legend, so you. get him, you're get a scouser. And getting pitches for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. you're a legend, you are, you're a scouser. I'd be in cubicles with lads that didn't know, yeah, I put your hand out, lad. I'm one of them. You're, yeah, you're one they of were them. racist, weren't they? You're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're one of us. And I look back now, and I wasn't a legend. I was a scouser, obviously, I'll, I'll always be a scouser. I, was a I wasn't a legend. I was a dickhead. Hmm. I was a proper ticket. That's good, you know, and it's it's good that you can admit it. Yeah, no, you know, I like your honesty and the fact that you. I've had more problems than one mate. Not just obviously what I've been the paper for. I've had gambling problems, thing yo problem like problems with drugs. Stay, like when I say problems with drugs, I was never ever bad. But once I started, I didn't know when to stop, and I, I never wanted to go home. I just wanted to keep enjoying myself. And I've, you, I've, I've always binge, would you be a binge user? Yeah, so I I'd, I'd always come clean. I'd I'd never. I was never in denial. I'd never say, I'm fucking not, I'm not. But my my dad was a gambler. So as you said, like, when you say, did you hear things as a kid, like racist remarks and whatever, I watched him gamble all his life. I watched him lose all his money. And then, here I was in Bukhies, with my wages, going from 400 quid it's like to, say, we to 200 what, quid. We, we become what we're conditioned to, see. Yeah, to 100 quid, to nothing, to having to borrow money, to pay like rent whatever else and I was out of control mate me, me, me irrational thinking was just like it was I used to think the world was going to end today yeah. and that's how I'd live I, I, I'd i never like leave money in the bank thing well what happens if something happens tomorrow and you need money fuck it 
I'll get money off someone, do you know what I mean? Live, 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 live in the now and yeah, it, for it, the moment. It's sad, it's sad, like, do you know what I mean? And not thinking of the future at all. No, and, and, and that goes back and I say, I, I'll never make excuses, mate. I, I fucked up. Mm. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of um, the things I've wrote. And I can't take them back because they're out there. If anyone ever wants to Google my name, they'll still find the negative stuff on me. I, I hope t- today's chat... Yeah. puts me in a different light obviously people who know me wouldn't wouldn't contest this because they know me yeah so they, I, i'd need no justification to them of who i am well i was you're not you're not on here to a wider audience yeah. I, i'd like people to um, think positively and like say plans for the future i i, I want to like i've always wanted to run a marathon and like mm. say i put a bit of weight on the minute but um to, and it, this is all in all in like for to raise money for kids who've got nothing whether it's kids in third, third world countries, kids from this city at Christmas, because when I come down every morning, my kids have got everything. And the, the amount we spend is ridiculous. And, I, and on Christmas morning, I, I have to brave a smile. And my missus, inside, I'm eating and that. And I, I come clean to my missus last Christmas. I said, um, I just feel unhappy. And she's like, what's up? I said, because my kids have got everything. I said, I know the kids haven't, and, and that doesn't sit well with me. I, f- I felt dead low and all that, that me and my missus spent grand on, on the kids. Mm. And these kids out there who would get a t- probably one toy for £10 and they're over the moon. And I, I want everyone to feel like we're, we're on the same page. It's and lovely. every kid feels feels loved. And if I can, even I'll tow myself out of a plane. With a parachute, I know a couple of people would want, would want me to do that without a parachute. But I'll tow myself out of a plane to raise money. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll climb mountains, anything. Because mm. I, I want to feel like I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something positive in my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even though I, I'm not in trouble no more, and I, I like to think I'm a good dad to my kids, I want to, I want to help other people too. Yeah. So you want to, you, you want to make a difference. Yeah. You know, you, you've made a few mistakes, which is okay. So. You've admitted that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, when I say it's okay, it's not okay. Yeah, obviously, no, it, it'll uh, never be okay as well. It'll never be okay. I mean, it's okay to to not be okay. Yeah, if you know what I mean around yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Well, I say it's as you said, it's it'll never be okay. Well, in my eyes, it never will. If anyone, if everyone would forgive me, I, I, I'll still never forgive myself because these even these times are sitting in the house now and I'm on my tea and I tell my mind without actually. Me saying it, I'll be thinking of things I've done. So you're living with guilt. And I'm sinking into the couch. I'm thinking, oh, did I write that? Yeah. Did I put that? So like obviously, when it obviously the, the, the girl I'm with now, darling, I'm engaged to her. Um, like when you're moving on and, and you like you go to meet your family, I'm walking into the house and all that thing. Are these gonna accept me? Are they gonna bring me past up? So you've got that constant feeling of being judged. Yeah, I go I go into work with these black people about. It's like I was yeah, I've got a problem with them, but it's on my mind. Do you know what I mean? If they're gonna sit next to me and go, oh, why are you mate? What's your name? And I go, Sean. And they come back, or they don't sit next to me next time in the, in the canteen. So you start feeling a little bit like something's being shared, and of the the they've got on to who I am. Someone said, and that's that. Does that make you feel a little bit isolated? Yeah. Was separate from everyone else. Yeah, I, I, I panic terribly over it. Do you know what I mean? I, I go out with my kids into town. They, they love public transport, so we go on bus rides, train rides. 
and everyone on the train and these people are obviously different colour skin to me. Mm. It's on me mad. So like I'd look at you now and then look away and then look at you again if we weren't doing this. Yeah. You think what how come you looked at me like that? That's what I'm like. So I'm thinking and obviously So you're doing their thinking? Yeah. <laughs> for them. <laughs> yeah. So they, they they probably just looked at me. Yeah. They, don't have a clue who but, I am. And um, what's happened is because you've had this history yeah. of racism in your life yeah. that's being portrayed in the paper yeah. and it's being brief, but it's being like it's been streaked havoc up on your life. Yeah. You've regretted it and you've moved forward. You're constantly living in that guilt. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't sound to me like you're enjoying your life mm. until you've, you've, you've shifted this. It seems like you need to get something. Yeah. I feel like yeah. a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> Start crying, like, giving each yeah, other Yeah, but it feels like you need to, it's something needs to shift here, yeah, because you can't keep beating yourself up for the rest of your life, can I you? No, no. Because you're not going to be a good father mm. to your children. No. If you're well, constantly having this on your mind. But I'm like that as a person, Bill. No, no one can beat me up more than more than I do myself. Oh, well, you've nailed yourself to the cross. I don't know how many even, times even in this podcast, lad, and I think we need the bomby boat so yeah. off the cross. <laughs> but um, I... I like I'll sit there times and all that mm. and I put words into my own head and I'll I, I strip myself of all decency that, that I feel like I've got and make myself feel worthless at times because of things I've done. I look at my kids when I do good for them and they're saying, Daddy, like, I love you, Daddy, and all that. You're my best friend. I sit there and think, if only they knew what I'd done, which then makes me feel bad again. Do you know what My little lad, Tyler, He'll say to me in the house, Daddy, you be good or you will go to jail. Because he knows if you go to jail, you've been naughty. Hmm. And I've been to jail, obviously. And he doesn't he doesn't know that. Neither does my other son, Georgie. And uh, that's, that's the next thing. Um, well, I hope they never find out. If they do, I'd like to have the conversation when, I was, when they're 18. You know, and it'll be an asshole conversation. That yeah, you, and it'll so be look, one... I made a mistake when I was a kid and say, look, I'd like to sort of be a sort of father figure that my dad was to me. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be as tough on them, but they'd be yours and they'd be um, standards to, do you, do you, to follow for them. You obviously hurt a lot of feelings by posting them tweets mm. out there, you know, and that's going to happen. There's a lot of, I'm pretty sure you're not the only one out there that tweeted that stuff on the same day. No, but that was the thing, right, Bill? Everyone was writing what I was writing. The same things as well. Mm. And... Um, because I was a footballer, I got nicked. Yeah. They made an example of you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not like saying, oh, you know, that was wrong on me. I'd, what happened to me, I deserved. So what did the paper say, professional footballer? Yeah. Sent to prison. Professional footballer, non-league striker, um, race aid striker, whatever else. Um, but the thing, thing what angered me, angered me most of the time, whatever will be, will be with me. If I was going to jail, then so be it. I deserve to go. Yeah. But there was Muslims at the time. They were writing like um, like kill more Englishmen, similar to what I was writing, yeah. but the opposite. And their cases got to our court, and I went to jail. And I'm not justifying why why I went to jail. I deserve to go. But I wasn't the only one. But I was the only one who, who did who went. And I just think with the justice system and all that, obviously to keep the peace and stuff, I think, I think that's why other people got away with it. 
because to 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 aim to pour cold water on any possible tension rising mm. from different faiths and communities. Well, we have been having a, a we've seen a lot of immigration over the years, yeah. especially recently, due to uh, a lot of refugees travelling in from mm-hmm. Afghanistan. Yeah, uh, but this bombing recently was from a was the guy from Syria and I think so yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I, I look at that what happened the other day right and it goes back to the government right Bill and I mean look I'm not Brad Pitt or yeah. Peter Andre but look 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 at the kipper Boris Johnson it, he, he, it wouldn't surprise me if his bare ties and shoelaces for him do you know what I mean? He looks like he's brushed his, his head with a wamba. He's a Tory, so he's not popular with no, the Scousers no, anyway, I, is he? We don't like Tories from mm. the city. But you look at the kip of him. He looks like a tramp. <laughs> Johnny, he, he looks like he's just rolled out of a three-day coke, coke blender. I've come out of parties looking like that with my hair everywhere, with tie-ons on. And he, he's running the country. He, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at Christmas if he got crayons and a colouring book as one of his presents. And he's, he's making the decisions in this country. And then you, you've got, I mean, I'm going to go a little bit off subject here. That, that Matt Hancock, he's telling us during lockdown, you can't go and see your mum. Uh, no, um, when we, you can't go to different households. And there he is, fucking throwing his tongue down some woman's throat. Cheating on his wife, swapping saliva. They're telling us COVID's one of the big things. She cast on through saliva and through the mouth. And he's playing tongue tennis with some fucking sort. And we're being told, and going back to what I was saying about like Boris Johnson, the government's immigration, it feels like we're just getting the fucking piss taken out of us. Do you know what I mean? In our own country. Now, me and you went to Afghanistan or whatever else. I'd like to think that me and you'd be last on the list of priorities mm. of what we want or what we need for our families. And now they're coming over here, and um, if you want to come for the better life, great. You're welcome. But... When you're coming over here to cause like destruction and ruin our way of life and turn your nose up at, ev- at everything we do and get offended, I, d- I just think that's wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like they're saying, like when football turns on, you can't put your flags up in case it offends. I mean, what the, what, what, what the fuck's going on? What the British flag? The Union yeah. Jack? Or, or England flags. Mm. It, it, it offends others. But this is our country. If it offends, obviously, if it offends you. I, I, tell you, I totally agree that the fact that this is, this is our. Our country, right? Yeah. And we should be able to celebrate our flag. Yeah. Simple as. Right. Um, because that's how it is. It's 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 the, it's the UK. Yeah. yeah. I believe that totally. Mm. Uh, I disagree with the fact that we uh, are offending other people. Because mm. mm. I you go to Brazil, go to Thailand, you go to Thailand, there's flags up and down the motorways. Yeah. It's it's because they're happy to yeah. celebrate their country. Yeah. I I think we're a bit of a dis. I don't know what it is with with the UK at the moment. It's all over the place. Yeah. I get what you're saying in in that respect. But when you go to other countries, you have to respect their way of life, don't you? Yeah. And their beliefs. But it just, it just feels like that's a one way street. It's it, it's it's never honoured here. Yeah? Do you know what I mean? Now. And what do you think the answer is? What do you think the solution is to this problem? Well, then I I, I don't know. It's definitely but not sweet. Definitely, definitely not sweet, is it? No, no, I, no, I know. Yeah. Whatever you say, don't say fucking anything about Moscow bombing and gassing them out because that ain't that ain't the the um, definitely not the answer, is it? No, no, it's not. So I don't know. You don't know who's who. Some people are getting deported and coming back under different identities. So I don't know. Uh, I know. I know Boris. 
<coughs> I know Boris Johnson doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know his ass from his elbow, but some, something needs to be done. Yeah. Because people are dying. I mean, luckily enough, that cab driver survived the other day. But it could, it could have been babies who were minutes, seconds, minutes, hours, days old. Could have been. Could have been. Um, that could have been total devastation. Yeah. It's David Perry. And it still doesn't. It still doesn't um, take anything away from what what it was. It's still devastation. I mean, a man's life soon forever. Luckily enough, he survived. But it could it could have been a million times worse, mate. And I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, I know I, I wrote tweets and all that. I never carried nothing out. These people are carrying it out. This was a women's hospital where these women lying there, like who've just gone through the mill to bring, to bring, you know bring another another life into the world. And they're under threat. Yeah, when they should be able to sit down, relax, mm. and enjoy what what should be the happiest time of their life. Someone's turning up in a taxi with a with a bomb stops them. And, I can't work out why they do this. I know they're all radicalised and all that. And one of the things behind it, they say... Um, the jihad's extremists. But one of the things I've been told, that they're told that um, they're told if they do it, there's a 72 virgins waiting for them on the other side. Have you ever been with a virgin? Fucking hell. I mean, if someone offered me that, now, if they said 72 fucking women in the 50s, <laughs> It would be a bit of experience. No, I'd be willing to do something, but not no slap a bomb to my chest, but I'd be willing to do something to, to go and meet 72 MILFs, yeah. do you know what I mean? <laughs> and get my hands away. But I just, I just don't I just don't see the the, 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 the right thing in my hands. How, how thick can you be? If I said to you now that, you'd say, fuck off. As if, do you know what I mean? I'm going to like do this, blow this building up, and then that's what you me understand. Because if, if it was that good of an offer, Whoever's telling you why aren't they doing it? And I just don't know how they can be um, duped into doing that. It's evil and it, it's cowardice like, do you know what I mean? You got the one that happened in Manchester. It, mm. These are girls, I, I've been to concerts, you will you will yourself, like my heroes are Oasis. Now when you're coming out of um, a gig, it's euphoric. Do you know what I mean? If you're like, you've been in the moment, songs that you've heard from your childhood, have made your eyes fill up the, um, the the whole thing of it and these kids will will have seen I can't remember who, who the concert was and it was Ariana Grande whatever yeah. the name is these kids these girls were ranging from 8 mm. to 16 I know what I mean they, they they look up to her like some sort of you know like I do Oasis and mm. whatever and then, and then and then the families are um, preparing funerals it is disgusting. It it's is wrong, mate. It's outrageous. It's wrong. That that sh- kind of stuff shouldn't go on. No. It does go on. It will go on. It'll forever go on. It's been going on for decades, mm. hundreds and thousands well, of years. It's it's just a, it's a war on religion, what, isn't it? Yeah. What you say about like what what you think the the answer to it all is? How can we change it? But when these things are happening, Bill, people are all nuns and singing don't look back in anger, and that certainly isn't the answer. There needs to be a tougher approach. And I'm not saying do what anything what I've said, because that's idiotic. But the people above us, the government, they need to be zero tolerance. Yeah, so you're just feeling strongly and passionate about yeah. um, about what's going on in the world you're living and the kids that you've got are going to having to live in that world yeah. and the fear that... 
Well, I don't feel that and, and yourself. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I've I've checked into your past history and things you've been to, and like I think how how you used to still even here today, and like your life's been a success. You, you've been like a stuntman for Sylvester Stallone, red carpets and all that, and you're just an everyday lad, and you, you've probably lived a team, but you you've gone through some bad things in life, and I, I've been through like my own things, and I never ever feared anything, but my kid, I. I'm petrified yeah. of my kids. I'm quite open-minded. up in this world. The more, the older I've gotten, the more mature I've become. I'm quite open-minded. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not as closed-minded these days. Um, and I feel that we're blessed with a few short decades in life that we should yeah. be the best for the people around us and yeah. be of service to our communities and uh, uh, the people that need us, you know. And that's where I believe that you know, we should pass our, our love and yeah. empathy and compassion to the, yeah. the, the youth of today. And hopefully they'll grow up and flourish a lot better than we did. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to get battered as kids. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't happen now. You know, it's against the law. Back then, families had nothing. And yeah. as you said, um, you're taking on. We've, yeah, so we took it, there's a lot of change going now on. Now you as a kid, it's like frowned upon. We're like, I, I don't let my kids, I try and like be like the way my dad was, my mum would give me the slipper. I don't get me wrong, I've had a couple of wines, but uh, I just, I, I don't think nothing good comes from it, even though it never done me any harm. Mm. So I try and take my dad's approach, where my dad would go, Sean, and his eyes would go to it, and I knew it was time to pack it in. Yeah, enough was enough. Yeah, where I, could, I could play my ma, and she'd go, and, I, and she'd slip at me, and say, it doesn't hurt. Mm. But my dad go, hey, you! And yeah. take my breath away, so... I'll try not to whip my kids, you know what I mean? But, like, if I've given one of them a smack yeah. to say, that's naughty. And me me, me Mrs. Classy says, she says, don't. I say, I say, I say, I got this as a kid, do you know what I mean? And I respected my, my like, me mum and dad for that, do you know what I mean? Because I knew it was wrong. I said, no, but it, we've gone soft as a nation and as parents, but time's changed, don't you, do you know what I mean? Do, I don't ever like one in it, my kids. No. If shouting at them's enough, yeah. that's the road I'll take. Because I don't believe in it in them. Cause I'm not a bully, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I was, if I want to hit someone, no, it'd be someone my own age, my own yeah. size. I don't want to be hitting someone who's three and six. Yeah. I don't want them to look at me in later life thinking, you battered me when, yeah. when I was a kid. And then to have some sort of... When you're like quite vulnerable. You yeah, know, some really. resentment to me. That yeah, that's what happened with me. And all it's hard to do is do well. Brilliant. But so we come to the end of mm -hmm. the podcast, Sean, and I always say this, it, at the end, have you any pearls? Obviously, you've shared a lot, but is there any pearls or wisdom? Any, any insights to a younger Sean so coming through the doors of life? And if you would, would you tell the audience there, please? Um, well, what was the say for now? How long have we got? Um, I'd say avoid avoid all the fucking the morning signs, drugs, drink, and don't be going on social media like things you shouldn't do. That's and obviously, it. be a positive positive influence to people around you. Whether it's kids, loved ones, um, and just just genuinely do well in life. Um, if you can help someone do it, and just in, in all be po be of a, a positive good character and try and, try and be a good influence for people. Brilliant, and with that, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Cheers, nice one. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Sure.